Greetings, everyone. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast, and I am your host, Aaron Makem. And as promised last week, this week, I'm going to continue my great things for 2018. I'm not sure what to title it, so I call it something different every single time I talk about it because I haven't decided on a title. And we're going to mix it up this week a little bit. Last week, I did mostly movies and television shows, but there have some, been some great things um, aside from that. One of the things that um, has really uh, – definitely not science fiction, but – I would be remiss in not mentioning it because it was a show that I found incredibly funny and um, just uh, very heartfelt in a lot of ways. And that's is the, it's a comedy series on Netflix. It started several months ago. It's called The Kaminsky Method, and um, it has been a it has Alan Arkin and um, Michael Douglas in it, and it is it just it's so quirky and funny. And these two guys. They remind me of uh, me and my friends in a lot of different ways. And basically, Alan Arkin is a gentleman who has lost his wife, and um, he's you know it's a Hollywood. Uh, this is kind of like a Hollywood bunch of people that work in film and TV, and they have some co-stars, some co-stars, some guest stars um, playing themselves. They have Jay Leno doing the eulogy and stuff like that. But um, it is so funny um, and so quirky and just a. Uh, it just it puts a smile on my face, and I wanted to mention it because it's one of those shows that if you're kind of feeling down, and even though we, we're dealing with the death of a spouse here, which is kind of depressing in itself, it's the way that they handle it. It really, you walk away smiling, and I think there's only six episodes, and I cannot wait for them to be more of them because um, this these two guys play off of each other so well. Um that it is, uh, it's hard not to laugh. I, I dare you to watch this show and not crack a smile at least once. It is just a, a great, uh, a great, a feel great. It makes you feel great, you know, when you're done watching it, you know. And it, uh, it's, it's, not, it's short and sweet. You know, we don't have. Uh, I find as I get older, I don't, I don't really like the super long series because those have a lot of filler, and this does not. It just tells this one story, and um, it just works out so well. So I highly recommend it. The Kaminsky method. The Kaminsky method. Very hard to say. Kind of fun to say though. Kaminsky. It's fun to say, but uh, that is definitely not science fiction. So we're, I'm going to lead off a science fiction podcast talking about something that's not science fiction. So there, I've done that. Now I want to talk to you about. Um, the uh, the Sabrina show, uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Also, something that um, I was super curious about because um, I love what they're doing with, uh, you know, Afterlife with Archie was a great comic, and I say was because I don't know. I think actually, I think a comic's dead been like what five years, and we've have like what nine issues. Started out strong. Everybody was talking about. Everybody's reading it. They were they they did the comics, then they did the. Uh, they did the, the magazine that had a reprint of the comics, and it was a big deal. And then it just – it was like this thing was selling like hotcakes. Nobody could keep it in stock. It was a huge deal. And then they just dropped the ball on it. They were not ready for this, and they were not ready. And I'm not saying they weren't ready for the praise because, well, um, it, whether you're whether you're going to uh, have a great comic that everybody loves or a comic that 20 people have heard of, the point is you're going to tell a complete story. And they haven't really done that. And they really dropped the ball, and I'm kind of I've been kind of annoyed. I, I have a, you know, I, I love entertainment, and I love you know you you like artists to create and yada yada yada. But this is a business, it's plain and simple. And you, I know some people out there are like, well, you don't understand the inner artist, and no, I, it doesn't matter. This is a business. You were hired to do a job, and you have a product. When you drop the ball on it, you kind of the people that are consuming this um, lose faith in you. And I, there's not really. 
Um, I can understand being a month late with the book. I really can't. But okay, let's say that I could understand that because, well, and you, those you, those people out there that say, well, you don't understand. Well, when you, you go to work, do you show up a month late? No, you go to work on time because that's when you're supposed to be there. So I don't want to hear it about the, uh, you know, there, there could be problems that happen, you know, a health crisis, something like that. I, w- I would get behind that. But you need to have plans in place to take care of these issues. And, and they really dropped the ball on this. And it's kind of a shame because Afterlife was amazing. So I started doing Sabrina in the comic, and I wanted to see what exactly they were going to do on Netflix with this. So I started watching it, and um, it took me two episodes to realize that the the um, actor playing Sabrina was the same one from Mad Men because I did not like her character on there at all, and I just I felt as though she had no range and was uh, and it, it wasn't just that I didn't like her character. At the time, I didn't think she was a good actress because she didn't really do anything. But man, she is fantastic in this. It works so well. And I finished the, finished the show. I pretty much sat down and watched that exclusively. I didn't binge it where I just sat there and watched them all. But over the course of a week, um, I watched them all without much of anything else and really liked it. And I was pleasantly surprised at Christmas time when I found out there was a Christmas episode. Um, so I watched that as well. And um, it just it kind of rekindled um, – I realized it's only been a couple of months, but it kind of rekindled why I liked it so much. Because I'm like, man, this is really good. They, I just every time I watch it, I'm kind of surprised at how good it is. So I really enjoyed what they did there. So um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, highly recommend it. I hope that there's more of it. It just it was a just a solid show with, you know, honestly, I'm starting to think that the more the more you get a show that shows character growth from beginning to end, um, the more I like it because it just seems more normal, more natural to me. I hate when you get a show. And the characters, uh, normal, everyday, you know, they don't have anything wrong with them. They don't have any kind of special conditions to keep them from growing. And by the time you get to the end, it's the same exact character as we saw in episode one. And that, that really bugs me because experiences change you and they should change you, you know, when you're watching something fictional. And he did a great job with this. And I really, I think the thing that sells it to me is, is the whole witching world and the uh, what comes with that, you know. Um, the uh, the politics behind it, how the uh, the governing body works, um, how everything comes together to uh, work behind the scenes of the regular world because we have the witching world and the regular world. And I think it did such a good job with that. that it made, made it so easily understandable like how the hierarchy works that that's a real, one of the things that really sold the show for me. It's just, it, the whole thing is very fascinating. And there's um, a lot of heartfelt moments. The Christmas episode was particularly heartfelt in a lot of ways. And they just did a really good job with it. And, and I, I kind of got sucked in. And this is much more more like the comic than um than because well the, the chilling adventures of sabrina the comic is an updated version and so this is much more like that and it just made me think man wouldn't it be cool if we had an afterlife with afterlife with archie comic and i kind of hope that maybe riverdale smite riverdale says we should do a halloween episode where somebody has a dream about zombies and start it off just like the comic i think that'd be fantastic um and then you can just do one and you don't have to worry about ever having to do any more because um Obviously, they can't keep up with that or whatever. Um, so, um, there's that. That highly recommend that. I'm just I'm trying to burn through them here because I have a have a long list yet, yet and I want everybody to have um, an opportunity to hopefully check these things out. Got a brief interruption there. My daughter just called me. I don't think kids understand that when you call them, and then the the, the my first reaction is what's wrong, and that's how I always answer the phone. Anytime anybody in my family calls me, I'm like first things I say is not hello. It's what's wrong. You know, but uh, and and anyway, I, I don't give. It reminds me of a story. I tell you a story. Everybody likes my stories. So one time, um, my daughter was coming from school and her car died on the road, and I was in the middle of a run, and she called me 
And I said, what's wrong? And she said, hey, I broke down. And I said, okay. I said, where are you at? And she told me. And um, she's like, well, the car won't start. I can't get it out of park or anything. She goes, it won't start. And I'm like, okay, well, it must be the ignition, you know. And I'm like, are you are you safe? Are you? And she's like, yeah. She goes, I'm stuck on the side of the road. She said, but I got out and I'm standing by the car. I was like, okay. And I was like, I have to go. I'm, I'm not home because I'm running and I have to go home and then come back. And, um, and I already, I, I, I lectured my daughter repeatedly. I was like, look, when you call me, you can't call me sobbing because I think something's really wrong and I'm an old man. You'll kill me. I'm like, you have to, you have to let me know what's wrong. You can sob all you want afterwards, but you have to let me know I'm okay. And I and didn't tell me what happened. And then you can have your breakdown. She's like, okay. And I tell her that all the time. And so when she first called me, she did the first thing she did say was like, I'm okay. And of course, naturally I panicked. And then she said, and then she told me what happened. I said, okay. I said, well, I have to go home. I have to change. And then um, I'm on my way. And she's like, okay. And then she just started crying. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. She goes, but that was really scary. She goes, I was stuck in the middle of the road and I couldn't get, I was like, okay. I'm like, but you're, you're good. Right. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay. (laughs) So, and so now like when she calls me, she says, she just says, hey, (laughs) before she says anything else, but this is a good call. This is this is a call for good news. But um, anyway, I got sidetracked there real quickly. But as a parent, if you're a parent and you have kids like under the age of 21, you know what that's like when they call you and if they're just sobbing because automatically you think something horrible has happened and then you start to panic because you're like, where am I? How soon can I get there? And all these things are running through your head before they even say the next word, you know. So it's all the training. You got to train them first to say, hey, this is what's going on. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. So this is a, uh, a movie for me that is uh, it's five out of five for the year. And because it is science fiction, I love everything about it. I know there's other things that will be five out of five. But for me, this was the movie that if anybody asks me, automatically I'm saying watch it. And that movie is Upgrade. I saw a trailer for this um, about three months before it came out. And when I saw it, I thought, man, I really want to see that movie. But the way movies work in my house is um, – very rarely do I get to pick the movie unless I'm very forceful about it because nobody has good taste in this house except for me. And um, so I said it was time to go see a movie, and they were looking at stuff, and I said, I want to see Upgrade. And everybody kept talking. I said, so we're going to see Upgrade. And they kept talking. I was like, we can stop talking because Upgrade is the film that we're going to go see today. So that's what we did. We went and we saw it, and I absolutely loved it. It, it is classic science fiction through and through. It's about a man who gets uh, – an upgrade, and the upgrade is like an AI. Watch the trailer, and it gives you pretty much what you need to know about the main core of the film, but he's trying to solve a mystery, which I won't go into because I don't want to spoil this for anybody, but he basically gets uh, like an AI upgrade, and um, because he cannot, um, he's in an accident, and cannot, he's a, he's a paraplegic, and so with the, or no, he's a, yeah, it's paraplegic, so he is, um, it, this gives him the ability to repair, it's supposed to repair his nerves and allow him to um, walk and everything, and it does, and it's great. And then he very shortly realizes that there's an AI involved, and it can talk to him, and it can help can help him do things with his body that you can't normally do. And so it has that kind of comedy element as well. But um, the the great thing, and again, no spoilers, but the great thing is the ending because it comes to the end, and it's like that classic sci-fi, and you're like, oh wow, I really didn't see that coming, but at the same point in time. Um, I should have seen that coming, and I love it. It's just a, it's a great science fiction film. has a nice gritty feel to it, and um, I cannot recommend it enough. This reminds me of of the science fiction films you'd see like in the eighties, 
um, where they just kind of they were kind of one offs that came out of nowhere, and then you saw it, and you're like, wow, that was really. You know, Blade Runner would be considered one of those type of films until they made a sequel to it, which was like, wow, it's a great one-off science fiction film because everything's a franchise now. And so um, maybe they will do a second one of this. I don't know. But I do know that the way it stands right now, I really like it. Um, Films as as well as books, you get that one-off and it doesn't get – if it gets the press – and it gets a lot of publicity behind it. They, they try to force a second one in there or a third one in there or make a trilogy or make a series or whatever. And I'm necessarily knocking that, but sometimes all we need is that one great science fiction story that really kind of resonates with us. And um, this is this is that story. I just I really love this movie. And again, I talked last week about sometimes you see a film and you don't have to go back and watch it a second time. You know, like for me, I know that the, re- the way that a lot of us started collecting DVDs um, – I can say this for guys, for sure. I, I know the way a lot of guys start collecting DVDs isn't because it's the first time and you go and you buy it and you've never seen the film before. Um, I would say that uh, at this point, probably, uh, I'm a little better now, but I would say, and I have a lot of DVDs, but um, I'd say half my collection are films, and that's at this point, but in the beginning, probably 70% of my collection were films I'd already seen. I saw them and I wanted to watch them again, so I went and I bought them so I can watch them as many times as I wanted to. And that's how the collecting starts, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, this is one of those movies that I don't own on Blu-ray. I will someday because uh, I want to I go back and rewatch it. But right now, um, I didn't buy it the day it came out or anything like that. And I want to go rewatch it immediately. I would just like – I enjoyed the fact that it was something I wasn't sure about, didn't have a lot of press behind it. It wasn't like um, based on a book or a comic or that I knew of. Um, it just came, and I watched it, and it kind of knocked my socks off. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was a great science fiction movie. Um, like I said, it reminded me of the, those films in the eighties. You would come out and be, you didn't expect it. It kind of came out of nowhere, and then you watch it, you're like, wow, it's really great, you know. And then, um, and there's a lot of those movies in the eighties that people forget about. Like Total Recall wasn't didn't have a lot of press behind it. It had a lot of press behind Arnie, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't a film that. I mean, obviously, spent a lot of money on it, but. Um, it wasn't, this was, it was kind of a blockbuster before it was like pre blockbuster. They, they put some press behind it. They put some, some, uh, they gave it a little momentum, but, um, it wasn't like where you spend, you know, $10 million on a film and you spend $3 million on publicity kind of thing. You know, it, just, it came, it was a science fiction film. People loved it before that, you know? Um, and that's kind of like what this reminded me of a lot of that, a lot of like just that one-off science fiction film that I think everybody's going to enjoy. If you're a fan of science fiction, especially old school science fiction, this is uh, this is some great stuff. Upgrade, get it, watch it, enjoy it. I do make little handwritten notes about what I talk about on the shows. I try to, and I try to keep them in a notebook until I fill up every bit of it. Um, when I'm reviewing something, I oftentimes I've been trying to train myself over the years to um, to make sure that I mention the name, the title of what I'm talking about multiple times because nothing gets under my skin more than when I'm doing a podcast or listening listening to a podcast and they talk about something and they make it sound great. And then they don't mention the name again, and they don't put it in show notes. And then I just like I'm like, ah, okay, I'll, I have to try to uh, figure out what they were talking about later on. Because especially if I'm like running or something like that, or I'm at work, and I just don't have a, a pen and paper handy, and then I forget what they're talking about. So I try to mention it before and after. But if you're ever listening and I talk about something and you don't remember, feel free to email me at sci-fi-dig at gmail.com and I will try to refresh your memory because uh, I too have to write everything down, or I'll forget. I have a book on my list as well. I have a couple of books, but this is a book that I came across. I think everybody is going to love it. I saw this advertised a while back, and then um, a friend of the show reminded me. They said, hey, this is on Kindle, and it's uh, 
I think it was Kindle Unlimited. Maybe it was free. Or you could buy it on Kindle for real cheap. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I have that written down somewhere or something to add to the list, to add to the pile of things I want to experience. And um, so I actually found the Audible version because when he mentioned it, it just so happened I had finished an audio book. And I was like, I don't have anything to listen to and I have a credit. So I went and bought the Audible version like right then. And so I could start listening to it right away. And I killed it, killed the book in two days. Um, yeah, when you, when you, Audible's great, except that when you have usually I have about an hour and a half every day at work before anybody else shows up, I can listen to it. And also, um, if I run, I run for about I'm usually running, and it takes about an hour and a half. So you can you can burn through a book really quick. So I try to save up some Audible credits so I can get two or three um, for when I'm doing other things, you know. Um, and I can, you know, that way I'm killing, it's like, there's no time wasted. You know, I'm always, I always got something going on. But uh, the name of the book is Fantastic Land. And the premise of this book is there is a, um, an amusement park. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of, uh, obviously it's, it's formulated after Disney where you go to like the, uh, the Magic Kingdom and you have like Fantasyland and then you have like, uh, well, it used to be Toontown and then you have, uh, future world and stuff like that. So you have all, all the different lands in the park, and that's kind of the basic premise here. So what happens is the way this place is built, it is built in an area where a hurricane rolls in, and you cannot, nobody can get to them, and you can't get off, you can't get off the, the park, you can't get out of the park because it's surrounded by water. And the idea here is that they had so much food and everything, they were the last ones on the list to go and be rescued. So what happens very quickly in this book, and it doesn't seem plausible when you read the synopsis, but when you read the book, it all makes sense how this happened. Um, basically, um, they divide up according to their lands that they're in, and it's kind of Lord of the Flies. People get killed and things like that, and it is crazy. Um, it is just absolutely crazy. You have um, a person who obviously um, has a bit of a personality issue, um, you know, kind of a sociopath kind of thing going on who takes control of one land and gets everybody to follow him, and they are taking all the food from all the other places and stealing the women and um, it, 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 things escalate real quick. Um, and normally you'd be like, this is insane. This makes no sense because it's like we live in a, the, the age of technology and et cetera. But, um, they explain all that and everything at all. It, it does make sense in the end, but man, it is a great read and kind of enthralling. And the way that they tell it is in the form of interviews. So, um, think of, uh, oh, what was this zombie film? They made a movie of it was absolutely nothing like the book. Um, Max Brooks wrote it, or yeah, and I can't think of what it's called right now. But um, think of that. That is uh, kind of uh, how it is told in the in the book. It's just it's kind of done in interviews. But fantastic read, um, really enthralling, and I really loved it. I cannot recommend this enough. It's just it's so different, and it, it has a lot of differences, but it also very much reminds me of Lord of the Flies in a lot of ways. But um, at first, like I said, you read the synopsis, you're like, there's no way that they're you know in this day and age and they're in this park that they're things are going to go um you know go tribal so quickly but it's explained in a way that makes perfect sense to me and worked out real well and you have a lot of uh since since it's told through interviews you have a lot of like um outside characters who are not you know not main parts of the story who add to um like the they talk about the aftermath and what happened to some of the people, and um, the whole thing just it meshes real well together. So I highly recommend that. The name of the book is Fantastic Land. Go check it out. 
So I'm going to change it up a little bit because one of the items is a video game, and that's God of War for the PS4 that um, I got. I was looking for something to play, and um, th- those of you, like I talk about this all the time, I don't pl- I'm not a huge gamer, but when I get a hold of something and I really like it, I'm usually all in and um, try to uh, enjoy it as much as I can. But sometimes you get a game and you're just not feeling it. I don't buy very many games. Um, usually if I buy... Wow, one game a year, maybe two tops. Um, that's a lot for me because usually I have so little time to play that if I buy one game, it lasts me an entire year to play it. Everybody else is talking about, you know, the third version of it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still playing the first one, you know. So um, in the past, I played uh, Shadow of Mortar, which I loved, and then I played uh, Fallout 4, which I really got involved in, and then some Tomb Raider was in there, and then Uncharted 4. And now um, God of War. Um, I did get the other. I get, did get Shadow of War because it was on sale for like fifteen bucks. Do not love it as much as Shadow of Mordor. Um, so uh, I kind of stopped playing that and um, wanted something that really grabbed me. And so God of War was it. I love this game. It's a huge world, a lot to go on, uh, just a lot of ground to cover, um, and. It is, has a fantastic story that um, I did not see the end coming, and when I got the end, I was like, wow, I did not, d- d- wouldn't even have guessed that. And um, it, it, it tells a story of a man and his son going to uh, take their mother's ashes to the top of the mountain to spread them. That's, the, that, that's their journey, and they have a lot of obstacles along the way, and um, it has a lot of side quests when you're done that you can do. Um, a lot of side quests to do during the game, depending on what you want to do. But there's stuff to do after you finish to get to the end of the game. And um, you can go back and play. And I, I'm not, I haven't 100%ed it. There's still some things I have to do yet. There's still some Valkyries to kill. And those things are really, really, really hard to kill. And um, I think I've killed four out of the six. And the last ones are not being very helpful. And they won't die. And uh, so I'm getting kind of frustrated with it. Um, but... Uh, the game has a great story, and it's a lot of fun. You know, um, games for the longest time for me, I would just try to pick something simple, like a side-scroller that I could play for like 15 minutes a day and then be like, okay, I'm going to do, go do something else now. Um, but, um, the, the, you know, obviously games for a long time now have had a very involved story, and they have – there's multiple, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say trilogies, but, you know, there's obviously a series going on, so you have to find a, kind of follow the story. Never played any other God of War games ever. This is the first one. I was at the store. I saw it. talked to a friend of mine who's a big PS4 guy. He said the game was great. Go ahead and get it. And um, at the store it was 60 bucks Online digitally it was 40 so I bought the $40 one, of course. Started playing it and kind of never looked back. I, I invested I don't know how many hours in this game, and I've enjoyed every one. There was a, there was one point for about an hour. It was kind of a grind, but other than that, the game itself has been fascinating to me. The uh, graphics are beautiful. The story is fantastic, and um, I have no regrets at all. I mean, sometimes you get in a game and it's like you get into a grind. You keep on playing, and it's like three or four hours later, you're like, why am I playing this? I'm not enjoying this. It's like work, and that's not, not what I want in a game. I want to... Uh, be involved in the story and uh, the gameplay has to actually be fun and so that's what this is and so God of War cannot recommend this one enough um, like I said if you're if you're kind of a gamer like me and the fact that you don't uh, play a lot of games and you're looking for something to to kind of uh, tell you a story entertain you as well as you know while you're playing this is the one it does a great job of that it has a great story and highly recommend it so God of War PS4 I think it, it relatively uh, inexpensive at this point um, 
I think it's still, uh, I believe it's still under 30, or it might be under $40 now. It might be 35 bucks now. So it's for 35 bucks, it's a steal because you get enough entertainment in here for um, several weeks, depending on how you play. Um, another movie that um, I really uh, enjoyed, I'm just going to talk about this one briefly, and that's the new Halloween. <clears throat> we went to uh, to see it. I'm the only person in my family who's seen all the Halloween films, and I'm a big fan, and wasn't sure what to expect here. Um, Actually, of all the Halloween films, the only one that I haven't seen was the second uh, Rob Zombie one. Um, I'm trying to take in all the franchises here, all the different uh, directors, and um, I don't know if I'm ever going to go see it or, you know, or ever get it. Maybe if it's on sale somewhere for dirt cheap, I might pick it up and check it out. But uh, this movie did not disappoint. This is direct sequel to the first Halloween, although I feel it should have been a direct sequel to the second one, but whatever. Um so it's a direct sequel to the first Halloween, and you know, basically, those of you that haven't followed the story, um, Lori kind of lives in a cabin in the woods and has all these defense mechanisms up because she knows one day Michael's going to get free and he's going to come for her, and that's kind of how she lives her life. Reminds me a lot of the Terminator in that she trains her daughter how to shoot a gun and do all the things um, because she wants her to have the ability to uh, defend herself when Michael Myers does come. Um, she drinks a lot. Everybody thinks she's crazy. In fact, Michael Myers does get free because obviously if he didn't, there wouldn't be a movie. And um, her daughter and granddaughter are involved. And she, um, you know, she, she, everybody thinks she's the crazy one. But in the end, um, she's the only one that's ready for this. And um, I still have a couple, because a couple things that, uh, that, that uh, the, the basic serial slasher killer tropes come into effect. There are times where I'm like, why would you take your eyes off of him ever? Why would you just not, even if he's outside? If he's 200 yards away and you shoot him and he goes down, don't walk away to go get something else. Stand there and stare at him so you can see where he's going next so he doesn't surprise you. Um, that's still a thing I don't get in these films. But the, the movie itself was uh, was brilliantly executed, great score, and um, good acting all around. It, it really um, – it really, you could see something like this. Other than the over-the-top serial killing in the first one, but you could see something like this, like a, a criminal doing something to a family, and um, somebody having this reaction where they just spend their life knowing this person's going to get out. When they do, they're going to be ready for him. I mean, definitely, you can see this kind of in, in reality, especially in, in nowadays. Um, and they did a great job with it. I do not have any complaints. Um, it was. Uh, I, I just feel. I guess. I guess I do have a complaint. A complaint, and that is that it. There's no reason they couldn't have left Halloween two intact. And um, made this a sequel to that, um, but I know people complain because, like, what about other Halloween films? They're not canon anymore, and yeah, yeah, they're still there. You can still watch them. That's just that's just uh, Earth too, you know. I'm like, just you know, it's fine, you know. Highly recommend it. Um, four out of five stars. Love love this movie. It's a good it's a good time. A good time to watch at any time, and um, because you don't just have the scare scare tactics going on the and the. Uh, all the tension and all that that makes it kind of like a Halloween favorite, but it's just it's a good movie uh, and dramatically in a lot of different ways as well. They just do a really uh, interesting things with the character, and they do an interesting job of like never fully showing his face, which I really thought was kind of cool. And um, it just everything about the film it all worked. And uh, sometimes you get a movie like this and you put it together, and there's just some element that doesn't work that just kind of takes you out of it, and you end up focusing on that rather than focusing on the overall. And I think this is one of the films where the overall uh, worked really well for uh, what they did there. Um, so that's Halloween, and that is available on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and streaming and everywhere all the time now. Um, 
another uh, series that was a series first was Titans on uh, DC Universe. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of advertisement for this because DC Universe is going to do their own Titan show and they were going to do their own streaming network. And, you know, there's a lot of hullabaloo about it. Um, I talked in the past about DC Universe. Uh, the, uh, the comics part of it is um, done kind of shoddily, I think. Um, I know that uh, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. If you're going to put the comics there, just put them up there and leave them there. Don't do this whole, like, uh, limited time thing because it doesn't make any sense. Um, if I'm paying for the service, paying for the comics, if they're there now, they should be there tomorrow. It doesn't cost any more. It doesn't change anything. You're just doing that to try to – I don't know why you do that. I don't know what you think that that does. Um, people running that service, but if you're going to put the comics there, put them all up there. Put them all up there. Every six months, do like Marvel, add the add the six-month-old ones, you know, have a six-month gap between the print and the online. Um, put them all up there, and I'll be a lifetime subscriber. Um, the way you're doing it now, it's like if, unless you have new uh, things for me to – um, to read that I haven't already read, then periodically I'll drop your service and then pick it back up. But when I bought it, I bought it for 15 months. So um, right now I'm just going to uh, keep on with it and uh, and keep watching things. That Hopefully I'm looking forward to the new Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol and all that. But Titans was the thing on there that um, that was their, their big uh, bookend show to get everybody in. And um, the first episode is kind of slow. and But... Um, overall, I enjoyed what they did there. It's definitely not your comic book titans. It's not your cartoon titans. It is its own thing. It's uber violent. Um, it is, uh, which I have no problem with. I just like to let people know up front there is a lot of cursing. There is a lot of blood. And um, I'm really digging what they're doing with it. They, they're telling the stories of all the characters. We're getting their backstories. Unfortunately, um, this is the big thing, is we get at the end of the season and... It didn't tell me a story. The season did not tell me a story. I expect each episode to tell me a, tell me a story, and usually it was about a character. Um, we got character background, found out why they're why they're in a situation that they're in, where they came from. We get a little bit, you know, we get a little bit of the main story as, in each episode. It, the pacing seems okay until you get to the end, and it's like <clears throat> when you get to the end, it seems like there should be three more episodes. Um, in order to tell the entire story, which we don't get. It just kind of drops off, and that's it. And the final episode we get is like an Elseworlds kind of thing. And um, so it didn't – I mean, I, I liked all the episodes. as uh, they, they all stand alone quite well. Um, I enjoy the episodes. I enjoy what the characters, what we're learning. I enjoy the fact that they're super different than the comics. I know some people might not, but I do. I like the fact that it's its own thing. Um, everything about the episodes I like by episode but when you get to the end it doesn't tell me a story and it just leaves you hanging and I don't understand why they did that it doesn't make any sense the only thing I can think of is that they couldn't have planned that I just don't see how that could have been planned the way that they leave you hanging it's not a cliffhanger like oh and then this happens it's just like a, we're telling you the story about why they're battling this certain group of people and then we never learn anything more and then that's the end and that was kind of a huge letdown for me because I kept thinking okay I can't wait till next week. And then I realized that there wasn't a next week. That was it. They, we got 10 episodes, I think 10 or 11 episodes, and that was it. And I'm like, well, they kind of, I mean, they didn't just leave me wanting more. They left me kind of demanding the end of the story that they were telling this season. So we didn't even get all of chapter one as far as I was concerned. And so that's kind of a problem for me. So um, I'm going to give Titans three out of five because that was poor writing on their part. That was poor planning on, on giving us that. And I can't, like I said, I. 
there's no way they could have planned that. The, I mean, if you watch the show, um, it it just doesn't it doesn't make sense at the end. And, I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that they leave you hanging like that with no there's no like indicator at all of where this is going. So I'm like, eh, you know. Um, and they're not really the Titans at the end either, you know. Which is I, th- I kind of thought season one would be them forming the Titans, but I guess in this case. Titans doesn't refer to them as a group, but to them as individuals, probably. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm in for more. I mean, I want more, but I just did for, for season one. That was kind of poorly done, I think, um, the way that the story ended there. Um, but I, I enjoyed all the characters. I enjoyed everything about it. It's just that um, that was I, I never had that experience before where it's just kind of like, eh, it's not a cliffhanger. It's like you, you took the last hundred pages of the book and tore them out and threw them away. You know, and you're like, ah, okay. So that was kind of bizarre. All right, one more, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wind this up. Um, uh, uh, one of the movies that that I I saw um, for, and again, this isn't science fiction, but it's definitely a movie that falls under my purview of of things that I like, and that's Peppermint. Jennifer Garner plays a woman whose uh, husband and daughter are killed by a. Uh, a gang, a drug gang drive-by, and so she commits herself to um, taking these people out and shutting down this uh, this particular uh, this particular drug lord. And she trains and has a weapon uh, has weapons in a van that she down by the river. No, in um, a really shady part of town. And so she just lives in this van and she goes and one after another picks these guys off and tries to get to the head guy. And it's everything you expect in the film. I just explained to you. There's probably been a dozen of them, but this one was really well done and I really enjoyed it. A lot of action and a lot of heart. And there was even some comedic moments that were pretty funny. And um, Jennifer Gardner um, looks as badass as ever. And I really dug this movie, and it was this again. This was a movie that when we went to see it, I picked it, and everybody was like, "What are we seeing?" And I'm like, "Seeing Peppermint," and we're not going to discuss anymore because that's what we're seeing. And we went and we saw it, and even my wife liked it, but she was like, "Man, the whole time I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know what was going to happen with that woman." And uh, so um, it was it was an enjoyable experience all around. So I highly recommend it. I'm I don't know if this this it's a fun action film. And like a lot of action films, sometimes you just want an action movie. You don't want something overthought. You just want like, that's the bad guy. This is the good guy. The good guy's going to try to kill the bad guy. And um, so you just, uh, it's kind of like that. I don't know if it's, it's something you want to own, but it's definitely a fun movie to sit down and watch. And um, really enjoyed it. So I wanted to recommend that one because sometimes you just need a movie that's not overthought. You don't have to spend a lot of time um, thinking about uh, all the elements going into it. Just kind of like a straight up um, bad versus good kind of thing going on and um, with lots of guns and explosions and things like that. It's just a lot of fun, a lot of hand, a lot of cool hand-to-hand combat and really enjoyed it. So I, I wanted to, to throw that one out there. Again, not science fiction, but hopefully it's something that um, everybody out there can get behind. Anyway, um, that's the show for this week. I will talk to everybody next time. If you want to email me at sci-fi dig at gmail.com. I look forward to all the feedback. I slowly have been, I mean, the forums could have not, nothing's really going on there. Um, again, we're getting a lot of spam and trying to work my way through that and try to find a time to clean that up a little bit, but, um, I'm just going to leave it, leave it is, leave them up, leave them running as it is and see if, um, if we can generate some discussion there. Great. I know that uh, a lot of social media sites 
with all those being around that the forums might not be the place for, for that anybody wants to go. I don't know, but I wanted to give it a shot and I've given it a shot. So we're going to see how, how that develops. If it gets to the point where nobody's really using it and then, you know, I'll think about, you know, uh, taking a link out of the main page anyway and see where that goes. But, um, you can go, you can find the forms on the main page. You go to sci-fi.dig.com. You can find all the contact information and all the different ways to follow me, interact, etc. I will talk to everybody next time. This is Aaron for the Sci-Fi Dig Podcast. Over and out. Mm-hmm.